the Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Hey, it's Sarah and Casey here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. We are about to chat about Enterprise Episode 3, Fight or Flight. If you haven't watched it and you are waiting for the Pony Express to deliver it to your homestead, well, it's been 20 years. I don't think that pony's going to make it. Go hit up Paramount (laughs) Plus, though, watch the episode, and then haul right back here and listen to us. That's it. We hope you've enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning. Before we discuss fight or flight, we always want to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on everything Discovering Trek. So, how can you get in touch with us for your thoughts, our thoughts, everyone's thoughts on Discovering Trek Enterprise? If you're looking to get in touch with us, there are a bunch of ways you can do that. This is so awkward and I love it. This is what the people want. You can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and find a variety of ways to get through to us and give us your thoughts. And also on Twitter and Facebook. All you have to do is search for Discovering Trek. We welcome your questions and comments, especially the really nice ones. You can also leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on the big blue button. Please remember, though, it's big and it's blue, Uh, just like Papa Smurf. (gasps) Or or really juicy blueberries. Um, Uh, I want blueberries now. Okay, so (laughs) just, you know, you've hit that big blue button. Just remember, though, anything that you leave may be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek or against you in a court of law. Thank you. See, that's a very good warning that people have to remember. We will use it because we want your content. Thank you. I love it. So what do you think, Casey? We're talking about fight or flight. Did you want to just discuss a little bit about uh, what we thought? Do you want to go into a synopsis first? How do you want to roll with this? Well, I was thinking we could do our, our rating on it mm-hmm. and then maybe go into a synopsis mm. and then discusses I'm into this that. episode. So once again, we're going to be hitting the slices of pie. Ooh. Maximum of six slices, which is one serving. Mm-hmm. And if you want a la mode or with whipped cream or some melted cheese on top, it's all up to you. Sarah, what you got? I gave this episode three slices of pie it was a little bit better than broken bow broken bow broken bow wow i bow wow 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 i didn't hate it i didn't love it i enjoyed watching it and i think the reason why was because i got to make the synopsis and so the pressure was on so i paid (laughs) i paid attention and i had fun with that so that's my rating Right on. Okay, well, we're <laughs> we're going to match this week because, yeah, I gave it another three slices out of six. Um, another mixed bag episode for me of mm. things that I really kind of liked and enjoyed and other things that were just, nope, want none of that. Nope. Um, <laughs> Turn so, it off. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, boy, um, a, from what I can see, a seemingly rough start to a mm. new series. Mm. 
so yeah, but you know, what's going to make this so much easier and what's better. That? I think this would be the episode recap by Sarah. <gasps> the pressure was put on to do some rhyming. I said I would do it and I did it. Now I apologize if I don't get the perfect iambic pentameter that I dream of, but I will do my best. Here we go. The crew are two weeks out on their own. Hoshi's pet slug badly needs a new home. Captain Archer can't stand the bedroom floor squeak while possibly mating Dr. Flox wants to peek. The weapons are tested by Malcolm Reed. Some aliens on a ship are hung up for feed. Archer pouts all about it and wants to go back to Paul is insistent and won't cut him some slack. Archer demands they return with an autopsy they'll learn. Some ships soon show up and folks try to talk. The translation is painful. Hoshi wants to walk, but she powers right through, saves all the crew. So what did we learn? How does this end? The Axanars for sure are now a new friend. Oh my God, that was fantastic. Look at you. And now in French. (laughs) Oh Oh, man, quite impressive. Way to go. Thank you. I had fun with that. I like rhyming. That was fantastic. I mean, that was better than the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is something we can make into a book and then we'll be rich. (gasps) Enterprise Poetry by Casey and Sarah. Oh, okay. We'll do it. We'll start having to look in trademarks and all that kind of stuff. We got to save all of this stuff. Immediately. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. Well, hey. That was the highlight of watching this (laughs) godforsaken episode was that I was like, I'm going to write something cute and fun. And right to the point. So I feel like I actually know this episode quite well because I was like really struggling. Like, what happened? What words can I use to rhyme? <laughs> Pressure's exactly. on. Hey, you got it. You nailed it. I think, you know, for for our thoughts on this, um, we've already kind of <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe on the nose told a little bit of what we think. But um, point, okay, points of discussion. We'll yeah. get a little nitty gritty here. Yeah. Um, what happened in this episode? What got us? What were our bugaboos and what did we like? Okay. Let's let's get this thing off right up right off the start. Yep. The squeaky floor subplot, if you want to call that. Yeah. So your captain, out to explore for the first time ever, is hanging out in his room like a lovelorn little teenager, trying to figure out what is squeaking in the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that's riveting television to me. Yeah. Um. Wh- wh- why? Uh, why it, did that? Why was that? Uh, it, you know what? And it's funny. Like this, that was dumb. And the best way to make it worse was to have Hoshi come in complaining about her room. I was like, is this like when I move an office from one office building to the next? And now everyone's all mad because the sun glares on their face. And like, can we just like get to work people? Like yeah. <laughs> HR had a day trying to deal with those two. I was, I was laughing on this because I was so with Paul of just like, you you got to be effing me. We're we're in space and you're crawling on the floor. Um, we we got other things to do. Yeah, priorities. But um, and I now, think they hinted yeah. at they've been out in space for two weeks and he's two weeks, two weeks and they're all like bored and mad. I'm sorry, right? As people who've gone through quarantine. <laughs> I have no sympathy for that. I was exactly. It's like who hasn't been, or maybe you know, people who haven't been, but like summer camp where you're off for 10 days, two weeks, or whatever. I was like, it's new, you're on a new ship, it's new crew people all around. I mean, yeah. Flox is having 
the freaking time of his life. Yeah. And everyone, I mean, I get that you may be antsy and all this other stuff, but um, sugar. <laughs> yeah, I know. Still, okay. So I, you know, I, I, maybe I didn't pay that close attention to the episode because I saw your comments about the, I want to talk about this goddamn floor. And I'm like, well, what happened with the floor? What was the, did we get it fixed? Or do we have well, to watch this? Here, spo- so spoiler alert later on in, in the series, it gets the whole fixed. thing. Okay. It, I don't even know if it comes back up a lot at all. Okay. Um, I just found it an incredibly, incredibly stupid way to have mm. your lead and the lead for your ship, the lead for your show, uh, be obsessed by this little squeak. And then the emotional shift for the character throughout this episode mm-hmm. from a squeak to, you know, hanging hunks of meat for use and the, Oh, should we stay? Should we go? And, you know, he's mad at himself for whatever decision and takes it out on everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe if you're doing other stuff besides now he's hanging out with his dog, I get yeah. that. Yeah. I like to see the captains just, in their captain role. I don't need little glimpses into their life. Like when Jellicoe mm. came onto the enterprise, I didn't need to see the 20 minutes. He talked to maintenance about getting the fish out of there. They're just, they're not there. <laughs> That's Go his on. preference. We don't need to, we don't need to see them being little, right. You know, I'm not going to use the B word, but that's what I'm <laughs> applying is that yeah. they're being little. Yeah. Well, Archer through this whole episode. Yeah. Is once again, jerky. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's a jerk. Like, yeah. And you go, well, okay, here he is again. Now, speaking of jerk, if we, if we do the flip side on that, you know, we get Hoshi having, which I found was really kind of cool is right off the bat, a episode centered on her. And this is where my 50, 50 split came. It's like, Hey, okay, that's cool. However, (laughs) It was like, if you're going to present that maybe she's having certain troubles being out in space and all this stuff, um, not the, she's an adult, not the the kind of whiny stuff that's coming through or these, I found very stereotypical, uh, demure Asian female. And I was like, I was like, come on now, this is an accomplished person. Who, who was strong-armed by Archer to be part of this crew. And uh, if you're, if you're going to give her the episode, real, okay, realistic. Let's make it realistic, please. So if there's some arc for the character in this, in this one episode, fine. But she's a lot stronger than was presented. You know, it's really interesting watching this and paying attention to the characters so I can really be involved in watching their development or lack thereof. Um, Just in these two episodes, I've seen a woman who, if she wanted to be in space, she would have been in space. She was not in space. She was Mm -hmm. told to come to space. She doesn't like it. And then this episode is her being bullied and pressured to figure out a completely brand new language in five minutes. And I just find that to be a horrible work environment. And I would not wish right. that upon anybody and a man or woman. It, 
just oh, yeah. not a pleasant experience. And it's not realistic story-wise. No. no. Of just, you know, she's like, I can't, I can't conjugate this. I can't do it. And then, then she does it. This, yeah, I, you know, clear enough conversation. Um, yeah, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, this this is a very teeter totter episode for me. It yeah. was like we're, we're here, and then all of a sudden, bam, we're going to be here. The only reason I gave it one more than last time was because there was some great Doctor Flocks. Right. He had great scenes when he was talking to Trip about all the excitement and watching people and how they smell and and his interactions with um, Hoshi and the slug. I just good character. Yeah. So that's my that's my character right now. I'm liking him. So there, that gave it some redeeming. That gave you another piece of pie. I hear you. That that was going with what what has happened within these two weeks, where like are humans just too tired of being around each other to not appreciate yeah. kind of what's going on. And then with flocks and then I found, and I don't know if you f- thought this way, but boy, I trip so far is the best well-rounded character, the most supportive. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's there and just like, Hey, wants to get to know flocks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going to do that. Talks with Hoshi and, and gives, I thought really, Kind of gentle, brotherly, not pep talks, but like, yeah, no, you could do it. Yeah. You know, kind of feels like captain material if you ask me. Right. Hmm. And it was amazing. And that, you know, he was so just upfront of like, hey, I came out here to explore. I want to explore. And then Archer's like, well, no, the, the ship's too young, needs its main engineer, except for like a few hours later when. Hmm. Everybody bails out to go over to the Axnar ship anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, Trip and, and Fox so far. And, okay, Sluggo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why? Uh, oh, I mean, I hope that Banana Slug gets some residuals from all this. <laughs> because one got screwed out of all its lines. Yep. Two, you know stuck in eh, working conditions, mm. hanging out on a rock, night, hot days, and was was the uh, simile, metaphor, whatever you want to call it, with Soshi. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many welts you have on your head from being hit over the head like I was mm. by that. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, the other thing I, I hmm. wanted to touch on too, that was frustrating to watch and didn't feel like Star Trek to me, God, this is a negative podcast, um, <laughs> was how Malcolm Reed really wanted to get some stuff fixed and, and, and Archer's just so impatient and has, we have to go. And it's like, what if you, that's just such a new captain way to be because you need to have weapons and stuff ready to go when you're going mm-hmm. out to explore. And if you need to take the time to do some repair work, you need to take the time to do the repair work. And I just found that that was like, ugh. yeah, it, um, it was a nice plot contrivance of going like going, Oh, okay. Oh, uh, the weapons aren't working properly. Okay. We're going to see this come in later on because why would they tell us about it mm-hmm. unless it's going to be an issue? And yeah, and then Archer kind of seems like, hey, you know what? We'll stop somewhere, load up some torpedoes. So I guess uh, some torpedoes means two. You have two chances to fix this. And then 
eh, I lose interest in that. Nah, forget it. We're just gonna, we're just gonna roll. Yeah. Um, Captain Archer, not my favorite captain no. so far. Yeah. <sighs> but we can redeem ourselves and get into a better boon now by talking about band sets. Oh my that God. That always helps. Cleanse the palate. Well, discovering Trek listeners, we're taking this moment to thank our friends over at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. You know, they're always working to put out the best product available and continue to surprise and delight us with new designs and product releases. There's some great new products out Trek-wise. Check it out. They change it up all the time. Plus tons of non-Trek stuff like Scooby-Doo, BC, Batman 66, Ultraman, and Big Bang Theory. I don't have a Big Bang Theory uh voice thing to do there so if you can think of one go for it but i i got nothing i don't watch that show no neither did i but the pins look awesome from what i have seen so there are tons of pins and accessories for you at fansets.com head on over there meander along check out all the cool stuff they have and put a bunch of pins and accessories into your cart and then enter the special code word discovering trek in all caps no spaces at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. And don't forget, if you're in the U.S. and spend more than $30, you'll also get free shipping. And right now, Fansets is giving listeners of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network the exclusive opportunity to help select the next pin in their Women of Trek collection. Folks who vote will also be entered in a random drawing to win a Women of Trek master set and a full set of the Series 2 pins. So go to trekgeeks.com slash vote and vote. The winner will be selected on April 1st. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. How about that contest? Right. What a prize. That is fantastic. I voted. I know we can't enter, but I went and voted. And I was like, this is, this is pretty damn cool. So everybody, yeah, go, go hit it up. I want to see what people's ideas are. This could be very hip. Yeah. You know, what's hip also. What's hip. A special of the day. Mm. What does the chef bring to you? You never quite know what it's going to be. You walk in, it's a surprise. Sometimes you might get exactly what you want. Other time it's just clearing out the the stuff in the pantry. Yeah. But boy, Today's show special of the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question here, Sarah. Please. Who, who do you think were the attacking vampire baddies and or is this a plot thread to continue or just be done? A one-off? Okay. Um, we didn't see them, did we? We just know mm-hmm. that the Axanar were hanging in there. And then the bad guys are showing up to try and get the ship, but the other guy, the Axnar, showed up and helped, and that was that was what happened, right? So how much Correct. I, this is I have to do this because this I I say I pay attention, but I just ugh, this this show. Oh, you um, got it. Okay, so who do I think they are, and do I think that they're going to come back? I think that they. I'd like to see this be a mystery bad guy that floats throughout the series, kind of like the Borg. Personally, oh, okay. I think they seem horrifying that they're doing this to people or species uh scary i like that we didn't see them now that you've reminded me that that was a thing i wonder who oh is it just oh i want want spoilers is it a species that we know of that exists in the world of star trek or is it 
Not that I know of. Okay. So cool. there's been there's been speculation mm. about you know what could this be, and some people say ah this kind of looks like a Breen ship, which maybe who knows? Mm. Um, you know I'm not going to say everything here because maybe this comes back up later on in the series, and I don't want to spoil something for you. Yeah. Or maybe it's not. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Maybe you never see it again. But oh man, I. I hear you. I thought this was super creepy. I and, like scary. Right? Right? And so I liked that that was a, an element in this episode because we don't get that in a lot of Trek. I think mm-hmm. like one of my favorite episodes of TNG is Genesis because it's kind of scary. You know, there when they all go. de-evolve, right? And that was creepy. And Spider Barkley and I was like spooked. So when Hoshi <laughs> has that turn and she sees him and she screams, I'm like, yeah, that's that's creepy. Yeah. Um. I thought this could have been a nice little thing with, you know, Travis saying, Hey, you know, we were out here 23 years, barely saw anything with my family, but to then experience this, uh, two weeks in to your maiden voyage, that, that might be a nice little thread to hold on to and use for maybe some character moments, maybe that come up or don't come up. Um, I like on this that we, you know, it's the first appearance of the Axonar species mentioned in TOS's uh, court martial and whom gods destroy. Um, you know, thank God the Axonar are androgynous and live over 400 years. I mean, they could literally be waiting a really, really, really long time for something or someone that uh, never shows up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like going, hey, this this ship was out there cargo ship i guess and gets hit by vampire baddies <laughs> and maybe somebody would come around to check about it later on who well, knows and that's a good point to bring up because that was the big argument between T'Pol and archer was you should just leave it it's none of your damn business versus him being like we're out here to explore we gotta go on to every single ship whether we're invited or not and they were both on such extreme ends of it that I yeah. found it to be like, ugh, like you guys are so different, so different. And I kind of see both sides to it, actually. Like I see her point of being like, well, you know, what? Yeah. Like leave it alone. You have other things to do. And I also see his point of being like, maybe we need to help people, especially when it came to being like, this is what we saw. And we just want to leave those bodies there. Yeah, that was, it's like, hey, when, once there's dead bodies hanging around, yeah. then I think, okay, you have a, a moral obligation to do yeah. more than just bail out. Yeah. I, I w- Would you agree with me when I say that the chemistry between the actors that play to Paul and Archer isn't there yet? There's none. There's none. There's none. Thank you. Okay. Because there are characters that I've watched on TV that hate each other, but- it's just good yeah. chemistry of them hating each other. Like you love watching them hate each other and you love the argument. And I find that with them, it's so flat. Like that dinner scene was awkward <laughs> and he's making a really good point. Archer is saying, yeah. what if they were Vulcans? What if they were humans? And I'm like, absolutely. This is the moral of the story. This is the Star Trek morality part of it. But just the mm-hmm. way she's like, they weren't Vulcans. And then, yeah, just the two of them together. I hope that that grows. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's like dry toast. You yeah, know? it's it's there. It's not enjoyable. Yeah, you won't die from eating it. But you're like, isn't there anything else <laughs> that yeah. I can possibly have? I, I hear you about chemistry and or lack of it. I There's... find that Connor Trenier is bringing in more chemistry than anybody right now because of his yes, like that scene with Flocks where he's just kind of smirking to himself, amused by it. It was very effortless and and yes. real and cute and it was a good scene like underplayed yeah not oh so i i kind of go with archer and to paul it's melodrama yeah at times and yeah interesting trip is just like the guy there going come on i want to do stuff hey what's going on with you how are you doing hey you yeah. know you're better than you think you are oh come on captain i want to go out and have some fun yeah Ah, uh, but I realized my thing, and just yeah, a well, a well-rounded character so far. Warming up to that character, I am for sure. Right on. Okay. Oh my gosh, what next, Sarah? We have our fun house. <gasps> Enterprise fun house. I didn't find a lot, but I have a few things. <laughs> um, thanks to Internet Movie Database for sure. When the camera pans past the suspended aliens, a standard rubber bungee with S hooks is visible. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. Oh, yep. Um, okay. When Hoshi talked about the stars being backwards and she couldn't sleep, Ugh, God, stupid thing. Anyway, <sighs> stars. The star streaks are backwards. Stars would look blue as you approached and red as you go away. So I guess they got the color wrong on that. That's so a very specific. Stuff? Yeah. I have no idea about that. Now uh, I got it with, with the stars going the wrong way with Hoshi. I, yeah. I will tell you, I went on a long RV trip uh, with my mom and my older brother when uh, he was in eighth grade, I was in second grade mm. and we, we literally hit 38 States in three months Fun. across the U S uh, yeah. My mom drove. She, she was a beast. She was Amazing. Awesome at this. Um, and our bunks were on the left side of the RV. Right. And for two to three years after that, when I was home, my bed in my room was always up against my right hand side. The wall was on the right hand side. I had to move the bed because for that three months, I got so used to leaning on the left right. and there was, you know, a little window there to, to see out of the RV. And so I giggled yeah. <laughs> during that scene. I'm like, you know, I can get, or if you've been on a train ride anywhere and I have to face forward, whichever yeah. way we're going, I have to face that way. Cause you turn me around. I'm like, no, yeah, thank you. That's like on the city bus. We have the seats that are backwards and forwards and I can't face yeah. backwards. It's just too much. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, why don't you um, touch on this next one? Because I know that the, the snail thing is a... <laughs> oh, sluggo. Okay. So um, at the end of the episode, a doctor allows, a captain allows an invasive species to be just plopped onto another planet as if there's going to be no ramifications. And with the whole simile metaphor thing, I was like going, so they're just going to drop Hoshi off at some planet? 
I think I think the discovery writers should look at this and write in something that 900 plus years in the future, some planet has these mutant horrid slug monsters that have defaced the, the there we go. We got a new villain for the world of discovery in the future is Sluggo and his descendants. You would like that. Oh my God. Uh, that was, that was another just little yeah, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. Oh and my what gosh. About those, what about those suits? I okay. Environmental suits. I dig them. They look great. Um, don't seem to be airtight. No. It's just you put a suit on, and then you kind of have this half torso and helmet thingy. But um, like I didn't see anything where they go, "Hey, we press this button, and it automatically airtights everything." It's a cool looking, you know. Yeah. coppery uniform costume type thing but uh yeah. no <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> not not for a second it's like I, um, I really don't want to go anywhere in that because uh it looks kind of kind of thin mm-hmm. and not too scientifically accurate my mm-hmm. friend all right and lastly for our little fun house i'm going to do my sarah's question corner to Ooh, throw right. you off and this is more <laughs> of like an a topic for discussion because I'm curious to know your thoughts. All right. What do you think about what the bridge looks like oh, and the ship okay. in general? Like if you uh, want to, this is great. Cause yeah, I was thinking about us discussing the aesthetic of everything here. Yeah. Um, I, I think they really just thought about what things might look like supposedly, uh, you know, a hundred years before Kirk and all that type of stuff, but um, stayed really close to, or tied into the existing, it's gotta be a round bridge. You know, the captain's chair is here. Uh, you know, you, you've got Travis literally right in front of the captain instead of just off to a side or something. So visually, I find it that that kind of is odd for certain camera angles, but also, I mean, if, if you're the captain, aren't you, you know, leaning this way and leaning that way to, to see around <laughs> his head down in the, front. <laughs> yeah. For the, for the view screen. Um, you know, it looks submarine. Yeah. It does. And, you know, and the buttons, like you have to push buttons and all that, which I kind of get, but then, we're living at a time right now where everything is touchscreen. So yeah. I can't, I think they were in a, in a box. Okay. And on that note, that just reminded me of something and I'll get back to what I think about how the ship looks, but Archer's quarters in the beginning, yeah. and he's talking to somebody in the background. Do we seriously see a CD tower and a couple of little Bluetooth speakers? <laughs> I mean, I think so. <laughs> CDs are a thing in 2001. I get it. CDs are not a thing now in 2021. And yeah. 20, in 20 years, our technology with regards to computers and music and media have just completely changed in a completely yeah. 360. Like businesses have gone out as a result of this, the blockbusters of the world, the, the music mm-hmm. stores of the world. And Somebody thought it was a good idea <laughs> on the set to put a CD tower and some little mini speakers in his room. And I just was like, what WTF? I hey. don't know. Maybe that's me. No, Tower Records was having a sale. They bought some stuff, just brought silly. it in. 
And uh, yeah, um, yeah. Mickey I don't like that. I don't like it, and I don't like the ship. I don't. I don't like the bridge. I don't like. I don't like the. <sighs> I like it, but I don't like it. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a little bit more believable as to what maybe we'd be capable of creating ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, it's not uh, between it's when I have him standing there in that uniform, in that backdrop, it's just so lacking color. It's just so like depressing yeah. looking. I think I, I hear you on that. And I, I think they really could have gone for a different design to say we went, we progressed from this type of a thing to years upon years upon later, the round bridge. It was just, you know, too much of, oh gosh, are are people going to understand this is Star Trek? If, you know, it isn't a ship with two nacelles up top and it's not a round bridge. It just makes me think like, did they not have an idea about what tone they wanted to go with. Because when I think of like depressing sets, I think of Deep Space Nine. It was depressing to look at and it worked because that was the story Mm. they were telling. They were trying to rebuild after this horrible like war and occupation and Mm -hmm. and Chief O'Brien's trying to get anything to work. And it it was dark (laughs) and it was moody because it was a dark and moody show. Yeah. You know, whereas this is dark and moody, and I don't feel like they're trying to be a dark and moody show. I don't, but I also feel like they're not trying to be a funny show. And I feel like it's just they just didn't know what they wanted. And that's know, how I get from the two episodes. You get that? I I kind of see where I think they were going for a World War II aesthetic. So for hmm. you know us at the time that this came out of the age to think back oh, let's think back 40 or 50 or 60 years or so. Mm-hmm. What were things? It's like, you know, stuff was steel gray. It's pipe. Yep. Uh, you know, things are much more utilitarian. So I, I can see them using that thinking in their head of go, what, what will consciously and or subconsciously have the viewer who would most likely be a white male think back and go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, aircraft carrier yeah. or something like that. Um, and, I, you know, I just keep going. Boy, it's hard for me to think. I try to think now about then being in then. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to, that's why I go, if you're going to go back and, and be able to design a whole new ship and stuff. It's like, I'm wondering if the designers and producers of the show had a lot of different ideas, which reading stuff they did. And the, the suits said no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, things could have been very different and much more of a different narrative and build up mm-hmm. than, than what we got. Yeah. So, uh, Interesting. Good conversation. I think this turned out to have some good points to talk about. I hear you. I hear you. You know, know, interesting for episode three. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we we move on. We move on. (laughs) So that does it, really, for our coverage of episode three, Fight or Flight. We'll be back next time to what? Chat about episode four, Strange New World, celebrating the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then... Remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com.
If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as an exclusive, all the exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like our annual supporters pin from Fansets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, among other things. We would like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so thankful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambast, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Tribuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, Jess Vachon. The senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tapman. If you would like to be coming, if you'd like to be becoming, or even yeah. if you'd just like to become yeah. a producer of Discovering Trek, or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash Trek Geeks for all the details. And until next time, Discovering Trek listeners, two to two beam to out. out. <laughs> Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.